0: And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences
1: at americanexpress.com with Amex.
0: Terms apply.
2: Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy s24 plus and shows my plan
0: that's not a bad deal it
2: is not our
0: best smartphone deals your choice of plan learn how to get the new samsung galaxy s24 plus with galaxy ai on us with eligible trade in at&t connecting changes everything offers vary by device subject to change s24 plus 256 256GB offer available for a limited time terms and restrictions apply see att.com slash samsung for details enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. mgm Let your creativity bloom this spring with Bare Premium Plus paint starting at just $28.98 a gallon at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio.
1: You heard it live in Sin City, straight out of Vegas. Steve Cofield, R.J. Bell.
3: 300 stations, Fox Sports Radio. And it's preseason night. And (laughs) I'll tell you, Steve, one of the things... When I do my TV hits and it's a host that, let's say, is not savvy with the gambling, is they always say, how can you bet on the preseason? And their rationale actually makes a little bit of sense. They say, if the players don't care who wins, how do you care who wins? And I think, quite frankly, there's a little logic in that. But here's what I'll tell you. And I I told the Gormans today this. If you told me pick four weeks... Of any season of any American sport, college or pro, so the six major sports, hockey and baseball in the mix, four weeks and give me the best record. Like you, you, every game over 500, you are, I'm going to give you 10,000. Like some motivation to pick the best during a month of one season. I would pick preseason NFL. What? Yeah, because I really believe this is a situation. And here's why I'm almost certain I'm right, that maybe it's not the best month for betting, but it's one of the best months, at minimum. It could be the best, and here's why. Warren Buffett, famous billionaire investor, says, when others are greedy, you should be cautious, and when others are cautious, you should be greedy. Now, the bookmakers, that they are the opposition. We're betting against them. A guy like Steve Fezzik, he'll be here tomorrow night, pro football specialist, professional batter, pregame pro. If he walks up and wants to bet a preseason game, they're going to let him bet maybe 3000 bucks on the side. That's a nice bet. If he walks up week one on Sunday and says, I want to bet and I've got a suitcase, even Fezzik, only two-time Super Contest champion, they're going to let him bet 100000 So let's just say 30 times the bet. Seems like the bookmakers don't want you betting big on the preseason, which means we probably want to bet big on the or at least we want to take advantage. We don't want to tell anyone to bet big, but there's certainly opportunities in the preseason. And oh, by the way, we'll talk about some of those handicapping approaches tonight, but also what can we learn from these preseason games that apply to the regular season?
2: Showtime. Woo!
3: Vegas lead. Preseason
1: football tonight. Let's concentrate on the Jets.
3: <laughs> your your My team. Jets. Your team. So let me ask you a question. Big season, baby! When you were coming up in Jersey... <laughs> yes. And uh, What was the choice? Like, for what I can gather, because I know a, a good many people in New York, if you feel like that... You know, remember the Outsiders? There was the Sochas and the Greasers. The Greasers. If you were a Greaser, like, if you kind of... Uh, identify with you know the guys with the cigarettes and their Mm t-shirts and all that you probably were a Jets fan and if you were the type (laughs) that were like oh I can't wait to carry a briefcase to work you were a Giants fan is that is that a fair way to say it's it's
1: old money when I was growing up it was old money the Giants went much further back the Jets crowd was a little bit rougher
3: so you being you being such an underdog it was like Jets were the only way for you to go I guess I don't know. You know what? Neither <laughs>
1: the thing is in the in my formative years. Neither team was very good. Early '80s, late '70s. So for some reason, I picked the Jets. Oh, boy, I think, boy, uh, it's been a ride. Now, what did your dad do for a living? Uh, he's a sheet metal worker. So he was a union. Oh, worker. so you, a union, yeah, union. Yeah, you had to be a Jets. Now was he a yeah. big Jets fan? No, that's a funny thing. I, well, I always tell the story that. Uh, that I wanted to root for the Giants, but my dad you know, showed me Richard Todd and he was like, You're rooting for him. And he started knocking me around a little R- bit. I was R- like, R- Okay, dad, please, please R- don't hit me anymore.
3: Richard Todd was a, <laughs> like, That's what we're aspiring what to? That.
1: He's
3: like, I love that guy. But he wasn't a Jets fan.
1: No, he, he's not really a sports fan.
3: Okay. It's a funny thing. Now, do you think that you rebelled against that? Like people, they say with presidents that after, especially after eight years, you go the opposite, right? And they say with uh, parents, I think we all know that people tend to want to go the opposite. Now, some people want to follow in their father's footsteps. Do yeah. you think it was he wasn't a sports fan, so you were drawn to it? No, no. I, I
1: have no idea why I got crazy over sports. I will tell you, I'm a Jets-Yankees fan, which is a very odd combination. It's usually, yeah, yeah. It's usually Jets match Yankees-Giants, but uh, I went to a Yankees game probably 77 or 78. I went up in my cousin Bobby's white cutlass. Sweet, well, car, sweet car. and. We- <laughs> It, come on, with
3: Bucky Dent in your formative years hitting that home run, yeah, I mean, you are probably feeling pretty good. All they were right. good. So you, I tell you, you do 15 hours co-field of sports talk a week here locally in Vegas, and I would say the only team I can sense you really do root for, I'm talking about any of the sports, uh, strongest I would say is the Jets. I get the most worked up. All right, so what do you, as a fan, let's start there. What are you hoping for that this team does with the quarterbacks? What am I hoping for long-term? Man, you know no, what, no, no, I'm saying hoping for for the beginning of this season. That, that is, the, the,
1: that's the, a great question. It really is. Uh, I want to win. So I want to win. I want the best quarterback. So I want McNown out there, Josh McCown out there, Cade McNown, different guy, Josh McCown out there, and let's see how long he can last. I'm actually it's – a, it's a weird combination because obviously the team is going to be turned over to Sam Darnold at some point. I also like Teddy Bridgewater. It's a weird position where you're like, I actually have three quarterbacks I like.
3: But you know you know the old saying, if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. Yeah. If you have three, I'm not sure if you can get less than zero. So, no doubt, Darnold's the future. Here's what a lot of people would be surprised by. Josh McCown was one of the five or six, uh, let's say seven or eight, most valuable quarterbacks in the NFL last year. Amazing. Remember, it's all relative. Yeah. Who was the Jets' backup last they year? They were
1: terrible. Bryce Petty and uh, Hack, who's out of the league now.
3: And he, Mac- had a good year. So, he was worth probably six six and a half points. I thought
1: you guys said he was higher than that towards the end of the year. I thought you guys had him over eight. No, nah. well, so either bad. way, he
3: would, he would let's just say that he was yeah. near right around a touchdown, which either is, side yeah, of a touchdown. Which is crazy. And when Wentz went down, who was uh, on path to be the MVP, <laughs> yeah. it was worth about four points. Right, right? now, obviously, Nick Foles uh, emerged even stronger than we thought, but it shows you with quarterbacks is the drop-off to the backup is key when it comes to value. But here's the question. Bridgewater, hey, health, obviously. So let's start with him. I thought the Bridgewater performance tonight was far superior superior to Darnold. Sure. Uh, one, if you look at yards per attempt, it was almost double for Bridgewater. Number two, he went against the starters, right? So to – or at least better competition – To me, you look at Darnold, what, 18 attempts and not even 100 yards? I know the completion percentage looks good. And I'm not saying, oh, let's get depressed or anything. But, boy, if you look at the lead on the sports websites and stuff, it's like Darnold makes a statement to be a starter. Boy, I don't know about that.
1: I've never thought this entire time that he was going to be the starter in week one. Can I? You know what? I'll amend my hopes for the team. Actually, one of the best things that could happen is if Bridgewater is unbelievable and someone else has quarterback issues and they can spin it for a, spin it, spin Bridgewater for a pick.
3: Or if it, they feel like Darnold's a viable starter, you know, maybe you uh, are able to trade McCown for something. But I guess he's older. I think Bridgewater
1: would be a more attractive yeah. guy. You Especially you if he shows himself like
3: to be healthy. But that, fourth
1: or fifth round pick, maybe.
3: But that's the weird thing. if is there any sense with Bridgewater that he can come back a hundred percent? I mean, I don't have a great feel for this. Is the given that he's never going to be the same? I don't or, think so. So, meaning you think he could be the same? I just
1: I think the Vikings, because they made such a commitment to Kirk Cousins, were like, we just can't have a backup who's got you know a high profile guy as a backup. We're paying a guaranteed eighty four million to the starter.
3: So when Bridgewater was playing his best, uh, is it fair to say he was uh, between the fourteenth and the eighteenth best quarterback in the NFL that yes, year? Yes,
1: but with upside. But with upside.
3: So I'm confused. Why, as a Jets fan, are you anxious to trade potentially a quarterback that's above average in the NFL? Because
1: I think Darnold will be ready to go, or the season will be kaput by Week 10. And if they're 3-7 and going to Week 10, then Darnold's got to play.
3: No, I understand. But in general, we don't know if Darnold's going to – I mean, listen, right here on Fox Sports Radio. But either way, straight out of Vegas, I'm R.J. Bell with Steve Cofield we got an hour of the Vegas action tonight. Colin Cowherd loves Darnold. I he mean, does? It's painful. <laughs> we've we've it, talked about this a lot. It, I painful. can't wait for Monday listen, with
1: Mr. I, Cowherd.
3: Now, listen, I, appre- <laughs> I, and I really appreciate the fact he's got an opinion, right? And I love Colin. But, boy, he loves him. We don't know if he's going to be an elite. I mean, that's an interesting question. What are the odds that Sam Darnold, at, in his first three or four years even – is a above-average NFL quarterback. I mean, I think you could say 50-50, but boy, it's going to be hard to convince me it's more than 50-50.
1: I'd be disappointed if you take a guy in the top five that in year two he can't be top 16. But but
3: do the math. There's so many guys taken in the top five. Everyone can't be in the top 16. I thought he was
1: the best guy in the draft. Yeah, but you don't know anything. But but, but what I'm saying is Colin doesn't. I don't even take take offense to that because a lot of times it seems like the guys who do it for a living don't know anything. That's the
3: point. I mean, Colin doesn't know anything. I don't know anything. You don't know anything. I mean, this is like watching a chess game. Uh, you know, with the, cha- the world championship yeah. and saying, "Now, why did he move his night there? These are the best yeah. people in the world. Right. Uh, the scouts, <laughs> the GMs trying to pick these guys. And they're still, what, 50%? Boy, I
1: love Dan McGuire, Mark McGuire's brother who <laughs> yeah. went to Seattle. Thought he was going to be great.
3: I mean, and Oops. again, I'm not saying that we can't have strong opinions on football, but predicting how a player translates from college to pro at quarterback. <laughs> That's one of the toughest things in the world to do. Well, you answer the question. Where do you
1: think Darnold will be for the Jets next year? Where will he be in the NFL in terms of rankings? But
3: that's not the way. I, I don't think about where is he going to be. Okay. I think about what's the odds that he's going to be at a certain level. Right. And to me, if he's above average, let's say that's the threshold. Sam Darnold above average in the next couple years, his first couple as a pro. I'd say at best fifty percent. Just mathematically, you can Everyone in the top five can't be better than fifty percent. And let's be candid. The Browns are I thought this Dorsey, I mean, we can look at the Browns and say how dumb the Browns have been. And I think institutionally, that's very true in a lot of ways. But supposedly, this Dorsey, all of a sudden's a smart guy, right? From Green Bay or whatever, right? I talked to him up big time in Kansas City. You yep. did. So he picked Mayfield. Baker Mayfield. So that means he said, Sam Darnold, no thank you. Uh-huh. Now, no one thinks the Giants are dumb.
1: Uh, there's there's some complaints on
3: that. Uh, they got some. a couple of Super Bowl rings. Uh, no, re- I just
1: mean, no, you're right. It's an organization. Yeah. I think there are people who weren't thrilled that a running back went. Fans. Uh, there's some talk media radio media guys. guys. Again, who don't, you know, you yeah. could say don't know what they're talking about. Well, They have opinions.
3: It, and, and maybe they're right, maybe they're wrong. But the fact I'm saying is, two people said no thank you no, to Sam Darnold. Two professional football teams, supposedly with competent GMs. So the idea that Sam Darnold's better than 50% to be a top half of the league quarterback. I'll tell you this, I'm taking bets. I am fired
1: up to talk Baker Mayfield, but we got a guy who said that debut by Mayfield was the best rookie debut he's ever seen in the NFL preseason. That's on the way straight out of Vegas, Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas! Straight out of Vegas, Steve Cofield. R.J. Bell talking preseason football. Especially the young ends, the quarterbacks like Sam Darnold.
3: Right now, though, weather report from the strip: ninety-seven degrees, so it's a little cooler than usual. Ninety-seven degrees, and the neon is sizzling. Oh, I
1: thought you were going to go with humming. I was ready with a humming line.
3: Well, you just don't know the rhyme or reason I to know. my to my descriptors. One day. Well,
1: I'll tell you, Baker Mayfield can hum it, right? <laughs> that that is one of his. <laughs> that dreams. was bad. That, that is no. one of his frames, right? <laughs> Well, it's, it's hard to back up such brilliance like that, the weather and the, the neon. I whiffed on that one. But he, he can hum it. Um, and I've seen most scouts talking about him say he is, he's freaking awesome. Uh, he obviously has to develop a little bit of touch. I thought he looked really good in the uh, Browns game last night. So
3: what was his stats?
1: He was 11-20. to 20. He had Oh, two that's touchdowns. awesome. Did you watch the game?
3: <laughs> oh. Did you watch, oh, did you watch somehow, every pass? W- when, when did he play? Did you watch every pass? I, you're just going to skip my questions. When he played second half, and he, okay. played, he played against so, the backups, so he had a 55. I did that in my head, a 55 no, no. percent it's win funny, percentage. This is the
1: same thing I got on my local show today. So, because okay. he also didn't watch the game or go and watch every pass. I watched some of so the games and I watched every pass. I'm just giving you. This uh, is well, I hold on, hold, last hold on, full. This is Do we th- always have to be negative.
3: This is Steve Cofield, the scout. You have uh-huh. your scout hat on. And you were no position to challenge my expertise. I mean, listen, who's the expert on this one? (laughs) Well, it sounds it sounds like you. I mean, you've got some strong opinions. Here's the thing:
1: fifty five percent against the backups. (laughs) Now you're gonna laugh because I'm gonna say he got to be Brian (laughs) Baldinger, who I respect. Right? He does Baldy's breakdowns. So he'll sit at home, he breaks down all the video. He works for NFL Films too. See, the audio's not great on this, but he's in his office, and you got to listen to how he starts the comments as he goes through like fifteen of the passes that Baker Mayfield rocketed out there. This Baker Mayfield debut against the Giants last night, one of the greatest rookie quarterback debuts I've ever seen. It's going to start right here to Rashad Higgins off play action right here. And I'm just going to show you right here. Like this ability right now, just to be able to make this throw to the sideline, like the throw is ridiculous. Now, Higgins does a great job of adjusting to the ball, but the throw is undying belief in what he can do. Undying belief in what he can do. And you're mocking on me. That's an NFL guy saying it.
3: I got to be honest with you. (laughs) Now, listen, let me be very clear about what I'm going to say here. All right. Very clear for the record, for the attorneys out there. Let me say this. I'm not saying this is the case. I'm saying this is my impression of that sound. Not that it's the case. If you told me right now that that was some YouTube video that you pulled of some guy that had like Boone's Farm in yeah. his hand, I would say, "Okay, I believe you." I mean, that did not say, was that a professional? <gasps> so <gasps> why did it sound like he was in a basement? Oh my god! Do we? Who cares about the sound quality? Because, He's sitting
1: in his office. This is on NFL.com. So that's They're good with that's it. what
3: I'm wondering is. It just seems weird that a guy from, are we sure he's from NFL.com? Yeah,
1: yes, it was baldy. It was legitimately baldy. Are we baldy. sure? And again, yes. I'm, I'm not
3: saying I know for sure. Are yes. we sure he wasn't intoxicated? I, I agree. He should probably doesn't have a better sound, camera and a microphone. Doesn't he sound like he was a little intoxicated? No, he wasn't intoxicated. How he, do you know? It was actually,
1: it was a great video. It was like three minutes of all the passes. And he did throw some really good passes. He threw some lousy passes.
3: So we're well. now at the point where we're breaking down at the pass level. Why not? Well, no. I sounds great. Yeah. It's just "Who else are you breaking down at that to that degree?" Well, I mean, do I you think, have the all twenty two you are looking at? I, I no, of course not.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, we're, we were breaking <laughs> tonight. I broke. Was it last night? Last night I broke down the performance of Will Hernandez, the uh, the guy blocking a guard in front of Saquon.
3: And listen, here is the thing: the beauty of what we do with Straight Out of Vegas, especially because tonight it's an hour. We listen. You fill three hours a day, fifteen a week, local. It is hard. I mean, if you have some story about your pizza last night, no, no, no.
1: I, I, oh, come I on! Swear, no, but I swear. No, um, but this, the point I make. But yes.
3: the point I'm making is Friend. that it, you can't blame a guy that's doing three hours. I don't care if he's national. I don't care. Follow me here. Yeah. I don't care if he's local. I don't care if he's going to get into the game of let's try to uh, divine something from this. Right. My point is none mm-hmm. of the the only thing and let's use this macro for the preseason. If it's ones against ones mm-hmm. and you're watching the game and the sense is that everyone's playing hard, those plays I think you can divine something from. You can gather something. If it's not ones against ones, I don't think it means hardly anything.
1: This is what I'm building towards. It's the Brown story that's setting up and how their season is going to unfold and how betters may react to what they see in Baker Mayfield Oh, now. so you're
3: being sarcastic about Mayfield being so good.
1: No, I thought he was pretty solid. But I, but I think they were going to Why be-
3: did he have nine incompletions and 20 attempts? Apparently you watched every pass. It's, it's Why? The, it's, the fir- it's the first
1: time out, too. I'm also going to cut him a break that he didn't Oh, he's 18, getting you know graded 20. on a curve. Sure. Okay. He had, you know what? The, and by the way, the difference between what he did and what uh, Darnold did... Darnold, they never really took the, uh, the shackles off. Mayfield, they had him throw down on the field a lot. Which I appreciate that,
3: but when you complete 55%, that's not great. I mean, Archie Manning completed more than 55%. But
1: you're also not a guy who's, you you need a body of evidence. You're not going to judge him on one game.
3: You're right, but if you only have, let me give you an example. In poker, right, let's say seven stud, you get three cards, two down, one up. I can only bet from what I know at that point, but I'm not going to make huge bets because I don't know very much. After you have all seven cards, You can have the mortal nuts, and you might make as big a bet it. You could bet your whole net worth if you got the mortal nuts. Okay, you're right. We only have a couple of cards or one card dealt so far. But to me, if ace is the best and two is the worst, it looks like he got uh, Mayfield is a seven out of uh, in the deck of life. If you're 11, and that's giving him credit for somehow you saying, well, 11 for 20 is deceiving.
1: Here's the storyline that I'm setting up.
3: Boy, this is a long setup. <laughs> I
1: keep getting interrupted. Are they going to have a quarterback controversy? Is that good or bad for Cleveland?
3: Here's the thing I haven't heard. Because I any-
1: think that affects the team.
3: Here's the thing I haven't heard anyone say, and I believe it strongly. I think the Browns are out of sync when it comes to the timeline of the coach mm-hmm. and the timeline of the team. I think if you keep this coach, the head coach, Hugh Jackson, you've got to say, you know, let's act like the first two years didn't happen. Like, we saw enough from you that we want you to keep coaching, and one in 31 is about as bad as you can get. Yep. In fact, it's the worst in the history of the NFL for two years. Let's be clear. The worst in the history of the NFL. Certainly during 16-game seasons. To me, if you make him feel like You know, making sure we win seven games, even if it hurts our development, is key to keeping his job. I think you just fire him, right? You should have fired him last offseason. Or you let him say, this is a young team. Let's have a three-year plan. I feel like there's a tug and a pull with the Browns where Jackson wants... To show progress so badly, maybe he makes decisions that aren't best for the long term. And
1: I think they're sending mixed messages. They're either trying to get tougher by bringing in Todd Haley, or I think they're actually undermining Hugh Jackson's power. And I thought when he was hired from the Steelers— uh, Haley. Well, he was going to be gone. But as the OC, I was like, man, that's that's the coach. Yeah, the, in waiting. the Browns
3: aren't taking the OC from the no, Steelers that's, unless the Steelers are throwing him away. That's the coach in waiting.
1: Can I play you a couple of hard knocks bites? I want the audience to hear this because yep. this is an interesting dynamic. Again, this is like workplace anywhere. You've got the boss, and then you got the guy underneath them, and there's a little wrestle for power in the coaches room. So here's Haley talking about this team needs to get tougher. This was after about. Thirty seconds of Hugh Jackson going, "This guy's down. This guy's down. This guy's down. We got to protect this guy." And Todd Haley's finally like, "We got to play. We got to be tougher." We need to get so much done, you know. And and I know I said that to you, and we joke about it. But if we live in our fears, I mean, our team has to get mentally tougher and be able to fight through the shit that we got to fight through. We got to change this drastically. And if we got guys that haven't done sitting around doing nothing you know i just don't know how we're gonna do it now watch this you're challenging the boss watch how Hugh jackson comes back one in 31 there are there's a feeling that this team hasn't been tough enough the last couple of years Hugh jackson kind of puffs out his chest and he's like okay I, i you know i'm good with that but i'm the boss
3: well, I respect you saying that. I mean, I used to sit in the same Wait, chair. Joe, Let I'm me finish. Just whoa, whoa. Just... Let me finish. I used to sit in the same chair as you guys said in. I just want to kill them until all of a sudden I sat in this chair and then they're not there. And you can't get them through and then you don't have them for three weeks. And I'm not living in my fears. That's real. And I think we all can appreciate that. Anything else? Speak now, if I'm peace. Get it
1: out. <laughs> oh, you got to look around the room. The faces on a lot of the coaches, they're like, we are not happy with this. But you Jackson's like, "I am the boss, buddy." Sorry.
3: What I think is telling Cofield is when you said, "Here comes the head coach in response, he's 1 in 31." If that's the key, then he shouldn't be there. He is either the head coach that you think, and when when you in this case would be the higher-ups at the Browns, they got to think this is the right guy, right? Or he shouldn't be there. And if he can't handle no one ever worried about Mike Tomlin. And again, I'm not a huge as a Steeler fan. I am not a cheerleader for Tomlin. I appreciate a lot that Tomlin does, and I think he's below average at other things. And this is a fan and as a professional batter. What I'll say though is the idea that oh Hugh Jackson should be worried about this OC who was a failed head coach and who now got fired as an OC. I mean think about it. We got a guy that got fired as a head coach. Got fired as an OC. And by the way, we're afraid he's going to be the next head coach. How pathetic is that?
1: Why did you think he got fired by the Steelers?
3: Because what else could have happened?
1: Did you think he was underwhelming or were there are personality issues with him and Big Ben?
3: I think it's more of that. They figure yeah. Ben's got one or two good years uh-huh. left. And you could make the case this is the year because uh, Le'Veon Bell is very unlikely to come back next year. And I like the Steelers yeah. are making that decision because I think the idea of him being paid 15 plus million. For multiple years, running backs, that's just not the way to do it. Steelers haven't done that. That's why they their bad seasons typically are eight and eight. That's there's a reason for that. That said, reaching the pinnacle, you I think you need Le'Veon Bell. And let's be honest, Big Ben is a rapidly declining asset. This is the year for Pittsburgh. And actually when we come back, I want to talk a little bit about on the herd. He had some feedback from Steelers Camp and saying how different Steelers camp was what he saw this week. First, Ralph Irvin with the latest.
2: Well, thank you very much, gentlemen, and it is a final now. Every game in the major leagues is in the books. As San Francisco finished off Pittsburgh 13-10. Colorado got by the Dodgers 5-4. LA now tied atop the NL West after the loss with Arizona. They were shut out by Cincinnati 3-0. They're also locked up in the NL East. Philadelphia fell in San Diego 2-0. The loss ties them with Atlanta who feasted on Milwaukee 10-1. The Angels snuck past Oakland 4-3. The A's now just a game-and-a-half lead over Seattle for the final American League wildcard spot. That's after the Mariners grounded Houston 5-2. At the PGA Championship, Gary Woodland, the clubhouse leader, after a weather-interrupted second round. Brooks Kepka, the U.S. Open champion, is two back. Dustin Johnson's three back. Tiger Woods still has 11 holes to play in his second round. He's seven shots back. Online car shopping can be confusing. Not anymore with True Price from True Car. Now you can know the exact price you'll pay for your next car. so Visit True Car to enjoy a more confident car buying experience. NFL preseason action on Friday saw the return of John Gruden to the sidelines as the Raiders dusted off Detroit, 16 to 10. Sam Darnold, 13 of 18 for 96 yards, he did throw a touchdown in a New York 17 nothing shutout win. Over Atlanta. And guys, when talking, Darnold and Baker Mayfield, one interesting comp. As Sam had a 103 quarterback rating Friday night. Thursday, Baker Mayfield posted a 125.4.
3: Well, there you go. 55% gives you a 125. That makes a ton of sense. A couple touchdowns, three for more yards. So, in a few minutes, we're going to be talking Jay Glazer on the herd, talking about the Steelers. My ears really perked up.
1: So let's uh, get to the last couple points on the Browns, right? Setting up this whole storyline of potential upheaval. So, how do you feel about the Browns with that win total? Because I, I mentioned quarterback controversy and maybe some discord amongst uh, you know amongst the coaches with a power struggle from the top, you know, fighting the guys below.
3: So what over under win total is six? Six yeah. is what you're seeing.
1: Yep. Yeah. Okay. And it went up from five and a half. So everyone's been bullish on going over. Hey, Artie Spanier, who hosted the show right before us, eight wins. 8-win okay. Brown team.
3: Here's what I have to say.
1: And I refuse to be a fool.
3: <laughs> <laughs> I've been fooled by the Brown. Here's I what know, I know. I know. Here's what I know. Yeah. It used to be a badge of honor to bet the Browns. Now, what is it? And I mean last year, year before, no, year you're before. Smart. Now, you're smart. You're smart. But here's my point. Here's Why was it a badge of honor? Because no one in their right mind would bet the Browns. Yeah. But all the wise guys would say... Look at this sabermetric DVOA, And they'd bet them and lose and bet them and lose and bet So for two and a half years, leading to the halfway market last season, I bet the Browns probably as much as any team in the NFL. And I lost a lot on the Browns. Midpoint of last year, I said, enough is enough. I'm not betting the Browns again, no matter what. I think they finished the year about two and six against the spread. So I get at some point they're gonna win three out of four. I'm gonna wait till it happens. I'm off right. the Browns. So you made your case earlier
1: about Todd Haley, you know, failed head coach, OC. So you don't think he'll be the head coach down the road. Clay Travis was discussing Urban Meyer. Well,
3: I don't know if he will or he won't. But if he does, it's pathetic. Yeah. If okay. you, if you have a tossed off O. C. Now listen, the Steelers tossed off another O. C. that went to Arizona and did pretty well. Right? Yeah, so maybe maybe that's the narrative here. But boy, uh, it's, and maybe that's, you know, in a company, you know, I love to, you know, Colin does this and I think it's great. The analogy between business and, and, and sports and teamwork and growth. Sometimes a company needs, when it's a turnaround situation, hey, it used to be a successful company, they're struggling, you bring in uh, a tough guy. You bring in a guy that, oh, your mom died, okay, you can have the morning off. Right? See you at lunch. Now, Those kind of guys tend not to last because they wear out people. But sometimes you need those guys initially. Yeah. Right? I'm not sure the Browns don't need a tough guy. Maybe Haley would have been the right guy to coach a year or two. Then you bring in the next guy for the next stage of the growth of the organization. OC is
1: Haley, DC is Greg Williams. From Bounty Gate. Now listen, (laughs) there's some toughness there. You give them credit. No doubt. you got to wonder if the players are up for it. So I, I mentioned Clay Travis talking about Urban Meyer to the NFL. If this goes completely south and he's out at Ohio State, what do you think of the Browns or Bengals going after Urban Meyer? Would he want to do it? Would he be a good coach?
3: I would think he'd at least be average. I mean, but here's the thing. You look at Nick Saban and you say, okay, failure. Best coach, college coach of all time by most accounts. Failure in the NFL. Or you could say, if only Drew Brees had passed his physical for the Dolphins, maybe Saban has two Super Bowls. Changes everything. No Dante Culpepper. You have Brees. Okay. On the other hand, you look at Spurrier. One of the five or seven best Yeah. What do you mean? He's a weird
1: deal because, as it turned out, once he got to the NFL, he either stopped working or he was never really a worker, and that worked in college. It definitely didn't work in the NFL.
3: That's kind of the point. Is it that we're looking at a really small sample or are we saying, quite frankly, that the skill sets in each of? Because here's the thing: I don't know if Bill Belichick would be a great recruiter, right? And when I look at Urban Meyer, I'm thinking this guy. When we gave him four points of value against an average coach, an average coach, the assumption is two points were worth his recruiting, one point for preparation, one point for in-game. Right? Superior at all those, but doubly superior at recruiting Urban Meyer. You don't recruit. I mean, you could say free agents to some degree. You don't recruit. And also Urban Meyer's been a guy that's been innovative with the spread offenses and stuff. I just don't really think that works as well yeah. in the NFL, especially when you got these real genius minds like a McVeigh doing. I mean, is Urban Meyer an X's and O's guy up to McVeigh? I don't think so. I think Meyer is a great CEO-type executive that can recruit as well as anyone in the world. I think he's a better college coach. All that said, we had an update on the numbers. This is straight out of Vegas. I'm R.J. Bell with Steve Cofield, and you can get these – Updated numbers on Twitter with me, at RJ in Vegas. Right now, the odds are about 92%, if we convert the odds to percentage, that Urban Meyer coaches this year for the Buckeyes. Wow. And also (laughs) over 90%, though, he suspended at least one game. So the betting markets... Because it was
1: sixty-seven percent that he could be gone.
3: That he would be gone. Yeah, yeah. about two thirds yep. when we were wow. recording last week. So it looks like the market is telling us he's back, but he all he's gonna get a and here and we were talking about it on the Gormans today, is Ohio State's gonna say, listen, he's done nothing that's even close to a fireball offense. That said, we take uh, violence against women all this stuff very, very seriously, and we're going to suspend him just because we think he could have done a few things better. So now the case could be made. Boy, the Buckeyes are going above and beyond, but oh, by the way, Urban's ready to go for TCU.
1: Straight out of Vegas. Brought to you by Granger, the products and services you need. When you need them, Granger's got your back. Granger, for the ones who get it done, I cut you off before you got to make your uh, Jay Glazer Steelers point.
3: You know, let's save that one. Okay. And I also think... What else is coming up in the
1: last segment? We got to get to the big news on the Lakers at least a little bit. Uh, over unders are out in Vegas, and there's a big debate over this number. I, I, you're going to be surprised by this number.
3: And a little Sam Darnold. Straight out of
1: Vegas, Fox Sports Radio.
0: Straight out of Vegas!
1: It's Straight to Vegas, coming to you live from the Geico Fox Sports Radio Studios. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more on car insurance. Visit geico.com for a free rate quote. RJ uh, Bell is across the way. I'm Steve Cofield.
3: Let's button up the Jets talk, Sam Darnold talk. All right, Cofield, you're a fan. I'm giving you 20 seconds. What is your optimism? We got more data now, the game tonight, about Darnold this season. I'm talking about 2018.
1: I think he'll be equipped to play week 9 or 10, but he'll only play if the Jets season is kaput.
3: All right. So you're thinking McCown, if he's, if they're winning, they keep him in, which makes sense. If not, hey, we're not going to make the playoffs. Let's get the rookie some snaps. Correct. Makes sense. Okay. Let's talk Jay Glazer. He was on the herd. And listen, you got, I like Glazer because he is a, he's a very different dude, you know, now in, in, in that he doesn't sound like anyone else. Right on that, that's an insider, (laughs) you know. He's also a guy, he's a Jersey guy like myself, yeah. And he's also, he's also a guy that you know, it's funny because (laughs) when he, uh, you know, he's on ballers a bunch, right? Mm -hmm. So, ballers is starting up here again. Last year, when I did a cameo on the Vegas episode, you know, I I hit it off with a, a number of the people on the show, and they invited me and the wife. To L.A. for the the closing party, uh, you know the rap Party, right? Sure, so sure. we're at a, a towel that had just opened up in L.A. You know, it's uh, you know, Jerry is there, and and we had a nice long talk. You know, everyone from the show. I feel like
1: there may have been heat between you and Glazer because as I've Not commented, heat when, when you did Ballers, your hair was. Unbelievable, uh, uh, and then Glazer, you know, uh, like <laughs> myself,
3: you know, kind of, kind of lost. So envy, it. but here's the thing: you were good? every everybody on the show was like crazy nice. Like if somehow they thought you owned the, like yeah. owned the show, like your dad did, but, yeah. they, but you weren't telling anyone. Yeah. Like they were that nice, except for Jay Glazer. Oh, no! Jay Glazer was like, I walked up and it, you know, talked about, you know, a couple things and. He was looking over my now, you know he wasn't looking over my shoulder necessarily, don't, but he don't was go
1: there but I mean, he
3: was looking he doesn't
1: like the height stuff so, so
3: here's the thing though yeah. I love him as a, as a, a guy I so I have awesome. no personal relationship with yeah. him. he didn't know who I was yeah, yeah. but the fact is, I think his insight sometimes is different than anyone else's and to me that's what if everyone's saying the same thing, I don't need to hear the fifth time. I want to hear the next time or, I, or I'm sorry, I want to hear something new instead of that fifth time. And what Glazer said was, he thought Pittsburgh, the energy, the thought that it was like a fight was going to break out every play, like there was so much intensity, he said he felt like the Steelers had a different mentality than he's seen in the last five years, because I think they've been lackadaisical. Wow. I think it's been, you know, listen, lackadaisical compared to other you know NFL teams are still harder workers, let's say, than an average person, let's say, that's working at a uh, diner or something where the intensity, though relative to the other NFL teams, might have been a little less for Pittsburgh historically last five years. Glazer said from the ground he felt like the most intensity he's seen of any NFL team this preseason. To me, with that talent, that's encouraging. And that's a big gap to close because you've mentioned in the
1: past, you've had the numbers in the past, that they're one of the rare really good NFL teams that gets caught looking ahead way too often. They're, they're like a, a great college team, uh, but they're not college-age dudes. They, they shouldn't have all these look-ahead moments.
3: And that's the paradox. You know, Colin talks all the time about Tomlin and not buttoned up is the phrase that he uses about the Steelers. And I'm not sure that's the right phrase, but I think there's some truth to what he's saying. But here's the paradox. Is that maybe what keeps the players engaged enough to keep winning the big games? Now, not all the big games, because they haven't been in the Super Bowl since 2010, the Steelers. But what I'm saying is, if you're just like, yeah, 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 nonstop, you know, I can't believe you missed that blog After three or four years, what happens, right? It feels like maybe there's a balance that Tomlin's going for. And let's be candid. Who's the greatest coaches right now in all of American sports? You would say Belichick. You would say Popovich. You would say... Nick Saban. For sure. Right? It seems like just in the last month, we're hearing how bad Popovich is. Right? We never heard that before. We're hearing how bad Belichick is. Oh, we're finally at a place <laughs> that I can have some fun yep. and try to win. Right? And also, the idea of Saban now with the backup quarterback saying, Oh, I'm not getting communicated to enough. Isn't it interesting? You would think, okay. If a guy isn't all that great and he's also hard to deal with, yeah, you're, you, people aren't going to like it. But if you're the best, people just deal with it. Well, maybe not with the millennials today. And you know, we're in our forties. I can't sit and judge the millennials, right? I know there's some things about them I like. I love the tech savvy. I love the curiosity. A lot of them have. I don't love the idea that, oh, nothing that happened before me matters. I'm not sure that every generation doesn't have some of that. Right. I just feel like the millennials feel more empowered than any other generation. Does they feel that even more. But, boy, if you're Bill Belichick, if you're Popovich, if you're Saban, and you still can't be uh, difficult, let's say, high intensity, then who can be anymore? And now the flip side is maybe Tomlin and his approach – is going to be better moving forward.
1: Let's give a PGA update as they head to the end of round two, the beginning of round three. It's a crazy scenario. Some dudes only got through four holes, but the favorite on the board here in Vegas is Dustin Johnson. He's three strokes off the lead. He's plus 350.
3: So he's th- three strokes off the lead, but yep. the favorite.
1: Yes. Ricky Fowler's three strokes off the lead. He's five to one. Brooks Kepka is two off the lead. He's plus 550. The leader, Woodland, is eight to one. He's a 10 under. Second place is 12 to one. That's Kisner. He's nine
3: under. A lot of people might say, how's the leader not the favorite? Well, they think about what was the expectation of this golfer coming in, and having one or two good rounds doesn't change that expectation. It changes the scoreboard. It doesn't change how good they think that golfer is at this course. And oftentimes, uh, especially with two rounds to go, the leaderboard and the favorites are not exactly correlated, and we're seeing it here. Tigers 3-under
1: through 7 in the second round. He's 25-1. to
3: I don't think he's going to win.
1: Really? No. You're going to write him off? No. And he goes I, uh, Gangbusters the rest of the second this round.
3: This is always the bet in Vegas. Will Tiger win another major? You, yep. you hear it handshake bets all the time. Right now, if I had to, Watts provider for the AP, if I had to make a line on that, I'd make Tiger about a plus 150 underdog, plus 150 dog to ever win another major. If someone wanted to bet me even money, I'd take off the rubber band. Big
1: news this week. Over-unders out for win totals, NBA teams, Lakers, only forty-eight and a half wins.
3: We'll tease for tomorrow night here. Me, Fezzik, and Brad Powers all like either the over or under on the Lakers. We'll tell you tomorrow night.
1: It's actually down to 47 and a half. I'm curious to hear the answer tomorrow night. Coming up, Jonas Knox. We are out of here. We'll see you tomorrow at 10. Right out of- Vegas!